So there is value to the university education, but you do have to consider that ROI, right? If I'm, should I spend 10, 20, 30, $50,000 a year, pay someone to you know, lecture me, it can be a textbook, maybe do some activities, or should I just invest that money in myself in some other way? And everybody has to make that decision themselves. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. Link insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So today I have a very special guest and a former sponsor of the No Degree Podcast, Matthew Giorgio. He is the founder of MediaSpark, a company that offers several training solutions. And today we're going to go deep into alternatives to business school. So what's up, Matthew? This is it. Thanks for having me, Janite. I look forward to our discussion. Yeah. So business school is really expensive, right? <laughs> uh, I think I see so many people and they're spending anywhere from 30K to 150, 200K and it gets astronomical. But the fact is, it's just overpriced. And unless you go to a certain type of business school, a lot of times you don't get the same ROI. But the funny thing is, is that even a no-name business school program still costs the same. And the common thing that people say is that it's not even the education, it's the network. So then it's like, <laughs> okay, so why are you paying for it? And then the other thing is that there are ways to network nowadays. So if you can figure out a way to get the information and knowledge at a lower cost and you can figure out what a network, you are going to be well over 50 to 100, 200K ahead of which you can use that to invest back into your business. You're right. It's, you know, it's a lot to unpack in terms of university education. And I've, I've been working with universities for 25 years where they use our solutions to enhance their courses. Uh, so I kind of see it from both sides. You know, I see some of the value of the university education, but I also see the rising costs, you know, like thousand percent over the last number of years. You know, no other industry other than healthcare may have risen in cost so much, yet the value and quality has stayed the same or, or gotten worse in some cases. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it is a it is a real real challenge to determine the ROI for yourself in business. So you said you've been working with, you know, just universities, education system for 25 years. What was like tuition when you first started? I know when I went to university, because I, I started my business shortly after I went to university, I, I started my career as an engineer with IBM and then I left within a year and a half to start my business. So I remember my tuition, I think was, when I started in the 80s, $1,500 a year for engineering. Wow. I think it might've finished at 2000 a year for engineering. I remember I, I did an internship at, I, at IBM. It wasn't a school internship. It was just, I had the opportunity. I should leave school for a year and go work. Yeah. And I saved $10,000 and that was enough money to cover my entire year at school, tuition, meals, books, yeah. uh, rent, everything. So $10,000, I was able to you know, do an entire, and actually, I think I even bought like a $3,000 computer. So it might've been only <laughs> been $7,000 back then. Yeah. So it, it just really just changed and the dynamics have changed. And then just online learning 
is much more accessible than it was before. 25 years ago, you had to either grab the books. It was really hard to find experts. Networking was different. Now you have tools like LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, the world has really changed that you could just learn things and you have YouTube. So let's go into your business. Like what is Business XP and who is it for? Business XP is an alternative to business school. That's kind of the summary of how we might, uh, might describe it. If I was going to talk about it a little bit more technically, I'd say it's the fastest and most experiential training ever invented to help someone start or level up a career in business or start their own business. And the reason we say it's super experiential, super fast is because it's totally based on playing games and simulations. So instead of learning about business through lectures and textbooks and videos, you actually run businesses, you do role-playing experiences. And that's what I've been doing for 20, 25 years is designing these incredibly realistic business training experiences that have been adopted in universities around the world, schools around the world, Fortune 500 companies. But traditionally, we've only worked uh, through those institutions. So if you wanted to use our solutions, you were either enrolled in a school or at a large company that was using them. And now we've kind of packaged all of our materials together and offered as a training program directly to students who, you know, may not afford university or maybe they, they went and didn't work out or for whatever reason, uh, we now offer business XP to them. Okay. So what was your motivation for creating it? Uh, a bunch of things. So, you know, working with schools over the years and, you know, designing educational games and simulations, we were really on the front end. Our first simulation was launched in 2000. We were, I was designing it in the late 90s. And when I was first introducing it to schools back then, I couldn't use the word game to describe it because as soon as you said game, they throw you out, right? Yeah. You're not allowed to have fun in school. You're not allowed to learn through having fun. Come on. And so, um, so we would use experiential learning and simulation-based learning. And over this last many years, you know, we've been adopted by thousands of schools and other organizations, but it's been a real grind because university and school and traditional education is so slow to change. Yeah. You know, look at COVID, right? COVID forced everybody to go to distance learning. And most instructors, most schools struggle with just Zoom, right? Yeah. Struggle just to have video. Uh, that was a big thing for them, you know, let alone adopting something super innovative. Now, let's go in because I see a lot of people say these things where it's like, hey, yeah, kids play video games and they're going to become smart, right? Can you really learn business by playing games and simulations? And what does a simulation have to have? Because some things I see are just games, but then there are some things where it's like actual strategy, actual things, and you can really learn lessons. Yeah, absolutely. I actually do a lot of writing on this and I have a newsletter on LinkedIn where I share a lot of the, a lot of my discoveries. So here's the thing. All games are educational. It doesn't matter whether you're shooting aliens or flinging angry birds or, you know, leading a guild into battle, your brain, our brains are always learning. Everything we do, our brains are learning. So the only question is, it's not that our games are educational. They absolutely are because that's how our brain learns. The question is, are the skills you're learning in that game, are they transferable to the real world, mm. right? To help you in your life in some way. So if you're, you know, if you're playing Space Invaders, and I actually have a video where I demonstrate why Space Invaders is an educational game, your brain is learning about the rules of the game. It's learning process. It's learning technique. You're doing, you know, hand-eye coordination. All sorts of things are happening. But the skills I'm learning in Space Invaders are not necessarily going to transfer to help me be successful in my life. So when you start designing a game that has deeper experience 
and is more designed to actually train you on skills that are transferable to the real world, then all of a sudden you have a very powerful learning experience. I mean, just let's use an example of a typical game like a you know World of Warcraft, where you might be a guild leader and you're leading a guild into battle. The skills that you're actually gaining and demonstrating, communicating with team members, knowing their specific skills, assigning them to specific tasks based on their skills and personality, that's what a leader does in a Fortune 500 company. And they usually make a lot of money and get promoted for demonstrating those skills, right? But you're usually not going to put World of Warcraft on your resume to try to get a job because most employers can't relate to that. But maybe you'll put Business XP because we're using those same techniques, but in games designed specifically for education and giving you a certificate of business leadership. Now, all of a sudden, we're leveraging the power of games and aligning that to what somebody might want to see on a resume. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. And like, how'd you test it to see that it actually works? So having been doing this for 20, 25 years and, and longer, uh, we've developed a number of different simulations. And because we've had thousands of educators and corporate trainers use our programs, which have reached millions of students, we've been able to gather data because all of our systems are online. We gather data. We see actual performance results from students playing the simulations. We get direct feedback and testimonials. So we've been able to test and refine our products over literally two decades. So Business XP, even though the offering as a training program is relatively new, the foundational content, the curriculum, the simulations, the games have been tested and refined over 20 plus years. Millions of dollars invested. Millions of students have played the simulation, and now we're just bringing it all together. So it's really, you know, really practical training, testing. So obviously you do it for universities, education systems, uh, individuals. Now, do you have other options for companies or something of that sort? Yeah. So Business XP, there's four types of learners that would potentially enroll in Business XP. So one is somebody who wants to start a career in business, but university is just not the right fit for them. Maybe it's too expensive, you know, maybe it's too slow because it takes years to get through it. Maybe you've got life commitments that you just can't devote that much time and energy to university. Maybe you went to university and dropped out, which by the way, you probably know it's like a 30% dropout rate, right? So imagine yeah. the money and time you're spending years and then dropping out a third of people drop out and all they have to show for it is debt in most yeah. cases, right? Even if you put that on your resume, like what are you going to put on your resume? that you took a couple of courses, it's, it's actually yeah. a, it's a real, a real problem. So that type of person could be a perfect fit for business XP. Our curriculum is only 50 to hundred hours, so you can get through it in a matter of weeks. And so um, the second type of person is someone who wants to start a business. And so, you know, you might, you might already have a degree or diploma, but you realize you don't know what you need to know to start a business. Cause we don't really teach kids in university very much <laughs> how to be an entrepreneur. The third type is somebody who may already have a great career. Maybe you're an engineer and you have a really good career or a nurse or a teacher, but you want to move to the business side of that career. So as an engineer, instead of going to the technical aspect of engineering, you want to be a project manager or business development. But to do that, you might want to conventionally do an MBA. And again, an MBA, super expensive, super slow. You can do business XP. But the fourth profile, which is what you're mentioning, is company. So I've worked with a number of very large companies on their leadership training, internal leadership training, where they select, you know, a small number of people who have the potential to be leaders and they put them through special programs. 
And uh, what I've noticed consistently in these organizations is they do very little experiential learning. So they're talking to people about leadership. You can't talk to someone and t- to get them to be a better leader. You have to let them experience leadership. You have to let them experience making decisions. And so that's the fourth profile is that companies, they don't have to be large companies. They could be small growing companies that need leadership training. They can kind of put business XP as leadership in a box directly into their company. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, you know, let's steer the conversation in a different direction. Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out, and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. In your opinion, how important are degrees and diplomas today? And what do you see happening to their importance in the future? I see this conversation coming up a lot over the last couple of years, and it should be because I think we should be questioning the value of anything that we do. And there's two kind of paths for degrees and diplomas. There are careers that require some type of accreditation or certification that you cannot have that career without that degree or diploma. So for example, you can't be a doctor without going through the proper channel, a nurse, an engineer, a lawyer. So there are certain professions where you have to go and get that degree or diploma. It's your only option. Business is completely different. Business, there is no requirement anywhere for any type of business degree or diploma. That's just a superficial (laughs) requirement that employers have put on certain jobs. Hey, we'd like for this job, we'd like you to have a four-year business degree or whatever it might be. And the interesting thing is, you know, when I look at employers and employ, and I'm an employer, I've you know, employed many people over the years yeah. in all sorts of different uh, disciplines. And as an employer, the number one thing I'm looking for when I'm reading through resumes, you know this because you help people yeah. with this with getting jobs, is experience. I'm trying to find the person who's done the job before and has done it successfully. And when yeah. I find that person, they go right to the top of the list, right? Now, when I can't find somebody who's done the, the exact job I'm, I'm, I'm asking for and has not done it necessarily successfully, then I'm falling back on other indicators, other signals to help me determine, do I think this person can do the job? And what I end up falling back on are things like degrees and diplomas. I don't necessarily do this because I, I like to hire people based on their skill, but this is what other employers do, is they fall back on degrees and diplomas. So when they can't find somebody who's done the exact job very successfully, it's all right, now, now we have to guess at whether somebody can do the job. And part of our guess to reduce our risk is have they do, do they have a degree or diploma? I'm seeing that diminish. There are several states now, even more every few weeks that we're seeing that are no longer requiring degrees and diplomas for uh, jobs that don't absolutely need them. Major employers are no longer requiring degrees and diplomas for jobs. So it's not going to go away overnight, 
but we're seeing a trend towards employers hiring for skill, particularly on the business side, rather than paperwork. And I'm glad things are changing because at the end of the day, I've worked with so many wonderful people who don't have degrees, who crush their jobs and do amazing. And it's because someone saw their actual skill and they worked really hard to get where they are at today. So now, should someone go to college? Yeah, you know, I'm certainly not somebody who is totally against college. There's a lot of value in college for sure. Um, So we have, you know, we have those careers that we mentioned where you have to go to college to get that degree or diploma in order to have a career in those spaces. But when you don't necessarily need that, you have to think about your own personal experience. So a lot of students, I believe, go to college for the social experience. Yeah. That's really it, right? They're not going for the, how many people do you know go and say how much they love their academics, right? So yeah, yeah. It's a tiny, tiny percentage. You're there to make friends, interact with other people, discover new things, go to the, you know, go to the basketball games. It's the social aspect that a lot of students are buying into. And a lot of universities are supporting that by spending so much money on athletics and buildings and, you know, landscaping, all the things that don't necessarily contribute to the academic side of things. In fact, I see so many universities actually cut corners on academics. Drives me crazy, right? You know, I work with a lot of great instructors. You know, most of my customers are are forward-thinking instructors, right? Because they're adopting something new and innovative. So I'm working with the best of the best. And I see a lot of times where they're trying to go to their administrators and say, we should adopt this. And the administrators are like, no, we're cutting budgets here and there. Yet they're, you know, building a $20 million building <laughs> next yeah. door. So, um, so that, you know, that's, that's the thing I see is that the social aspects of university can be very valuable for people who want that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people need guidance. Like they're not good at learning at their own. At least they haven't learned how to learn on their own yet. Which, by the way, supports your point earlier where you say when you see people who've crushed their jobs and don't have a formal education, the reason they crush their jobs is because they're able to learn on their own. They have the confidence to do it. They figured out the process of learning on their own. And in our environment today, things change so much that we need to be learning. We need to be curious. We need to be advancing on our own without someone telling us, hey, you better do this. And that's why I think you see people who haven't necessarily, you know, aligned with the university education uh, system doing very well because they've learned on their own. So there is value to the university education, but you do have to consider that ROI, right? If I'm, should I spend 10, 20, 30, $50,000 a year, pay someone to, you know, lecture me, (laughs) it can be a textbook, maybe do some activities, or should I just invest that money in myself in some other way? And everybody has to make that decision themselves. You know, it's funny about the social experience. You know, it really shows how college students are not creative because I tell people, you know, that you can just go on a campus and like hang out. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't even have to, you just have to know a couple of professor's name, pretend you have a major. You'd be surprised at, you can go to a lot of events. You can even get, take like one class and never show up. And you can get the full college social experience, right? Now, obviously, you have to do this at a school that's, you know, not far from you, but you can get that experience without paying that hefty price tag, right? You move near a college town when you're young, get a part-time job, live off campus, and you go get an ID, and you can have the full college experience and at a fraction of the cost. And a lot of times, and you're going to see, a lot of people will say that 
the experience is kind of overrated, that it wasn't worth that 100K. And then that there are a lot of things you can do. You know, you can make friends. And then even in your local city, there are meetups, there are events going on, there's all that. And if you go out there, you can have a great experience. Now, the thing about a college is it makes the experience easier where you can just show up and be there. But if you learn how to create that experience yourself, you can have that all throughout your life. And a lot of college students suffer that once they leave college, they don't know how to network. They don't know how to make new friends. Their social skills are only limited to talking to people who have this college commonality. Now, when they're out in the real world, they don't have that to lean back on and they struggle. Whereas if you learn how to do that yourself, you're set for life. And you just dropped an amazing life hack there. Yeah. (laughs) Go to a university town, live the university life without the university expense figure things out. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Advice. Yeah, no, look, look, I went to Columbia and it's like, just go hang out. There's so, as like, you can't get into the libraries and all that, but you can get around campus. You could talk to people and there's always free food somewhere. So <laughs> you, you'll actually probably make a net return, right? You won't have to pay for food. So wow. let's go into some other things, right? Cause what is student loan debt right now? Do you have the number? Oh, no, I don't have the number. Uh, although my research suggests that the average student is dropping fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year. Um, to so go to look, school. I, yeah. I, I got it right here. One point seven eight trillion. So the last time I checked, it was like at the one point six, one point seven, and the average. It says among the class of twenty twenty one, average is twenty nine k. So not only has it gone up from the fifteen to twenty k, now it's gone up to the thirty k. Wages have not really kept up, and a lot of people don't realize thirty k. Even if you have a 60 to 80K job, a lot of students, you know, it's crazy. They don't know anything about taxes. So depending on where you live, different states, you know, you're in Canada. A lot of people think, oh, 60K, I can just save half my money. And it's like, (laughs) first of all, there's a cost of living. There's rent. There's taxes. You know, you may lose out 20 to 30%. There's other things. And out of a 60K salary, you may only be able to save like five to 10,000. Exactly, And then you have interest on these student loans. So it's like, you may not even really get it down by that much. And a lot of students don't know this. So this is something that you could really uh, use to set yourself apart. So learn these things um, because it makes a big difference. And just realize that that's the average. Some people are going very cheap. And then there are others who are graduating 50, 60, 80, 100K, 200K. And I've seen it and it's just astronomical. And it's just... Unfair because at the end of the day, the money's not going to the professors. That's right. right. It's going to just a lot of things that you may not even use. You're, you're exactly right. And and the other thing too is there's laws that were passed some years ago in the United States where you can't bankrupt yourself out of student loan debt. It's the one debt that is with you for life. It's really kind of crazy where things have gotten. Um, and you're right. It's you know, once you start living your life, you realize I've got all these other expenses. I've got taxes to pay and so on. Very little savings. And that has to go to paying down your debt. It's a, it's a, it's a big issue. And you, let me tell you, I'll be honest, like my student loan debt, I have like, I had like 60 something K. It's down to like 50 K, but it's the number one thing that's held me back from my business. You know, I would have been able to take bigger risks. I would have been able to quit my job earlier. I would have just been in a much better space had I not taking it, right? So if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, that's 50K that, you know, into your business. That's 50K that I don't have to worry about. Now, when I went to quit my job, I was like, all right, I have these payments. 
here's what I have to focus on. Whereas if I didn't have those payments, I would have been in a much better spot. So you mentioned the high dropout rate. Let's dive into that. So it's like 30%. It's like 30% who do not complete their degree or diploma. And look, I tell people, if you're going to go at least finish, I mean, it depends. If you quit early, it's better to quit early and know it's not for you. But if you're close, then, you know, it makes sense to finish. But a lot of people have this mistaken idea of, I'm going to go to college. And I always recommend, if you're not sure, go to a community college. So much cheaper. They're very good. It's a, They have good programs. And a lot of them have agreements with other four-year schools. So if you're going to do that, go to a community college. Because if you can't hack it at yeah. community college, you're not going to hack it there. But the beauty is it's only a few thousand at most. It's not that expensive. You're right. The, the path of community college first and then transferring credits, potentially, if you want to continue beyond the diploma to a degree, is absolutely the a really great way to do it, no question. But but you know the fundamentally the reason we have such a high dropout rate. I mean, there's you know life reasons as well, but it's because we expect young people to know what they want to do with their lives, and they right? don't know. Adults <laughs> don't even know what they want to do. Adults don't even know exactly. You could be you know 40, 50 years old, and you're still trying to figure things out. Yeah, we're expecting a you know 17, 8 year old, eighteen year old kid to figure. My 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 daughter just graduated high school and is going to yeah going. She's decided she's going to university, but in the last two years when we started talking about this, you know, my message to her was, look, I don't care if you go to university or not. You know, it's up to you. You decide what you want to do, but you can't go to university to figure things out. It's yeah, yeah, way yeah. too expensive. <laughs> it's way too slow. And then if you drop out, you've got all these other challenges to deal with. You know, you can't sit around, you know, when you graduate, you can't sit around all day. You've yeah. got to do something meaningful, whether it's travel or volunteer or work somewhere until you figure out what you want to do. And then if you want to go to university, go to university. And she decided, you know, she did look at the various things and she f- found a program that is very unique to her. And so she yeah. decided she's going to go to university and I'm supporting her in that. But if she had said, no, you know, I'd rather not go, I'd, I'd build the curriculum for her yeah. <laughs> myself, right? And have her go through it. But she wants that university experience, right? She wants that social experience. No, that makes sense. You know, it's funny. The other route I said, you could go on campus. The other thing is it's actually cheaper to travel the world for a year. And that's <laughs> something that, even kids in college don't experience. So that's another option that you can go travel in to different parts of the world, um, you know, do different things and people pick up part-time jobs. They teach English abroad and all that. Right. So these are actually other options that you can do to get a great experience. So now we have another thing that I'm really happy to see. A lot of governments are no longer requiring degrees and diplomas for jobs. Um, that's right. I know that's states right. of Maryland, Virginia, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, North Carolina, Alaska, Utah. And more and more governments are going to follow suit because they're seeing that they're not getting employees. And more and more people are realizing that it's just not fair that you need a four-year degree. Why? To scan IDs at the DMV? It's like, <laughs> exactly. you know, there are plenty of people who've worked at, you know, retail like a McDonald's, Walmart, who'd be phenomenal at those jobs and who would probably be better than some of the government employees who are there who just, you know, take it for granted. You're exactly right. I mean, if, if something does not require certification, accreditation, like the doctor, lawyer, engineer, and so on, then there's no reason to require a degree and diploma. You can certainly consider it as part of your review of someone's you know, personality and ability to do the job. They know that's fair, but to require it does not make sense. Yeah. I think I think maybe I'm not a lawyer, but you know, maybe it's even a human rights issue, right? Let me tell you, yeah. the lawyer stuff, lawyers, you, a lot of them used to be apprentices. So you got to think, what, what were lawyers historically? And here's my thing. Cool, law school. And you know, it's interesting. I, I talked to someone. He said he went to law school, $2,500 a year. 
2500 total cost or something. 2500 a year or something. His daughter went to law school, 25K a year. Yes. His granddaughter's going to law school, 75K a year. <laughs> and it's just something, or total cost. It was something like yeah, that. Yeah. It was just, yeah, yeah. it was astronomical. And the other thing is, I always think for most fields, there should be alternative ways for high performers to get in. Because, hey, if you're 50, you want to be a lawyer. Are you going to, who can go to law school for several years? Who can take out those loans? All that stuff. If someone can pass the bar without going to law school, I think they're more qualified than someone who went to a top law school because they've demonstrated that they can learn the material through self-study and they can figure it out. Same thing. If someone can pass the CPA without, you know, they should be able to fully be an accountant, right? Because the CPA requires a degree. So I think there should be other ways that maybe they have to make it up on some other aspect that they don't get fully accredited until X number of years of experience. But I think that they should have other options because for people who say, oh, no, you have to go through the process, but it's like, okay, then why even have that as the final of the process if you yourself don't think it's enough, right? So in the future, one day I'll really advocate for that when I have a bigger platform, but that's one of the missions that I have. I'm with you. It's really about credentialing, right? So, you know, just because you went through university for X number of years, all you've shown is a somewhat level of maturity to stick with something. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily actually demonstrate competency yeah. in, in a particular skill. And the reason it doesn't demonstrate competency is two reasons from my experience. Number one is old school methods of teaching, old school methods of teaching, old school methods of assessment, you know, quizzes, essays, they don't actually measure skills. And this is one of the things, one of the reasons why I've been designing educational games and simulations, and why they're so amazing in learning, not only in teaching you 10 times faster, 20 times faster than traditional learning, but actually assessing behavior and skill. So when you're playing one of my business simulations where we simulate it like a McDonald's or Subway or, you know, a a barbershop and so on, we're not just measuring you on, we're not doing a bunch of uh, multiple choice quiz questions. What we're doing is actually measuring the decisions you're making while running the business and measuring on 15 different metrics. Like, how well are you dealing with your customers? How are you treating your employees? How are you paying your bills? How much revenue and profit are you generating? We're, we're doing a holistic measurement and it's actual behavioral measurement, not something you study and memorize and forget, you know, two weeks later. And I think if we can get to that point where our society, you know, determines, look, you can go to university if that's what you need, or you can learn it on your own if you prefer it. But we're going to put you through this credentialing process that's going to make sure you have the competencies needed for that career. And we don't care how you got there as long as you pass our credentialing process and that we're using a rigorous and robust uh, and fair credentialing process to actually assess you. I mean, the fairness thing is another one, right? You hear a lot of times about schools that are pushed students through, you know, even if they're, even they're not ready because they don't want a high failure rate. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what are you doing, right? You know, so uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of changes needed. There. Let's speak about change. A lot of companies, I think like General Motors, Google, Bank of America, IBM, Tesla, a lot of companies are removing college requirements. A lot of startups simply don't care, right? Because right. they're like, hey, we need someone who's scrappy and that's not something that you can learn in a classroom. And so that's cool to see, right? It's, you know, as you've got to brush up on your resume, you've got to know how to do outreach, you've got to you know, brush up on your LinkedIn profiles to maximize your opportunity. The other thing I really like is that you have a lot of athletes, actors, and a lot of people don't realize they don't make most of their money from that. The smart 
actors and athletes and celebrities, they make more money from a business aspect than they do. The, their talents get them their initial capital. But I know Jessica Alba, Jessica Simpson, they have huge empires. Uh, I think one of the richest guys from the NBA is a guy who used to work in Wendy's in the summer and he has a whole bunch of franchises. Shaq has a lot of franchises. Again, it's like these other deals and then Messi has this um, thing that he's starting and that's where they're making most money, right? Through these endorsements and other things. And think about it, for an athlete, it doesn't make sense for them to go to business school four years, three years. I mean, the money is whatever. It's literally a waste of their time. Time spent doing this is time that they're not doing this where it's like it makes more sense for them to go through like very structured learning through a course paying someone directly and getting it much quicker and getting advisors than it does that so just realize that there's opportunity cost of go to business school like it takes two to three years a lot of people don't realize you could do a lot in two to three years two to three right. years and not and much more cost effective and that's one of the reasons why we develop business xp so you know why best two three four years when i can teach you the same stuff and better yeah. In a matter of weeks at a fraction of the, of the cost, uh, you know, 10 times faster, 10 times less expensive, you know, it's a no brainer. And plus the curriculum is all game and simulation based. So it's actually fun yeah. and engaging, um, very, you know, very experiential, but you know, you're right. You know, Jay-Z's of the world, the Oprah's of the world, the Jessica Alba's of the world, they did well in their talents that gave them the capital, like you say, but ultimately they make their big money and, you know, George Clooney bought, selling vodka, right? Yeah. Made their big money in business because business has no upper limits. Yeah. And every other career has upper limits. Like an, as an if I stayed on the track of an engineer, I'd have an upper limit. I can make a very nice living as an engineer if I was a good engineer, um, but it still has a, a cap on it, right? Even surgeons and doctors have caps on what they can do unless yeah. they move to the business side of things. No, I. you know what? The... The dentists I know that make money, they manage other dental practices, yes. right? Like the doctors who make money, they have a whole bunch of practices, right? And they actually sometimes make money on the real estate and the business aspect. So these are things to just really consider. And I think regardless of if you want a career, it's always good to have a business mind. So you understand because you are always in the business of yourself. That's right. You trade your time for money, which which is good. But you also have other skills that you can build assets, you can build other things. And you understand because I've seen so many people, they don't know their true worth. And then they settle for, oh, you know what? I'm making 80 to 120, and which is good. But they don't realize that they can make 120 to 180 if they understood, if they look at themselves like a business. And if they were like, hey, they got more, they talked to people, they understood, they knew how to position themselves, they knew how to sell. So all these things are really important. So I really want to thank you for this episode. I think it's really just eye-opening. I really thank you for being an affiliate partner. For those of you who are listening, if you're interested in Matthew's course, please mention the No Degree Scholarship and you'll get the No Degree Scholarship. We'll give you some money off the course. And look, I, I wish I knew about these things when I was way earlier. I've done business. I've made a lot of mistakes. And I wish I had something of 50 to 100 hours of structured learning. It would have really got me much further than I already am. Awesome. Well, I appreciate having this discussion with you. I think it's an important thing for people to you know, discover for themselves. Hopefully we can save, save them a bunch of money, a bunch of time, a bunch of heartache, and set them on a, on a path to their personal success. Thank you so much for your time, Matthew. You have a good one. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. 
Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.